This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Does Jason Tatum drive you nuts the way he does? Fourier, 617-779-7937. Brian in Maine on Tatum and Brown with Gresham Fourier. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys, I'm with you 100%. I'm completely frustrated watching it last night. It's it's disgusting. And it's not just Jason Tatum. Uh, it's Jalen Brown, too, at times. I mean, his ball handling is disgusting. He has no idea what to do with the ball sometimes when he gets it. Now, last night, I came up with a nickname for Jason Tatum. When he plays like that, because it's a love-hate relationship, he's Jason Hatem moving forward when he plays like that. And Jalen Brown, he plays the same way as well. I'm going to start calling him Jalen Frown when he plays that way. So there's a couple of nicknames for you, Christian. Hmm. Great. Um, okay. Uh, look, I'll throw Jay, I, I'll throw Jalen Brown on there sometimes as far as frustration, but but the expectations on Jalen Brown are not what they are on Jason Tatum, and I think that most of us look at Jason Tatum as the guy who has that ceiling. That if there is anybody who's going to go for forty or fifty multiple times in a series, that Tatum is the guy that can do it. With Jalen Brown. I've been on him for the ball handling as well, Christian. But at what level do we cut him some slack? Considering last night we saw Jalen Brown on the bench with the tape off the hand, and that cut was open and bleeding. And you know, like you have the the lines on your hands, yeah, yeah, yeah where like the palm reader can give you some sort of whatnot. I gotta live to be one hundred and seven. It's yeah. like okay, whatever. Here's your love line. But doesn't it look? Yeah, but doesn't, doesn't it exist. look like that cut like was on one of those lines or creases on his hand? Like when I, I will, saw yeah, it, it was I'm, a weird. I'm cut. glad you brought that up because the other thing that I just kind of like just struck me was that I don't feel like like. Me personally, I don't feel like I give Jalen Brown enough credit for being really tough. Like he's a little, you know, frustrating as well. But as far as things that he's been through this year, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's a massive like, oh, you know, look at me, I, I fell to the ground. Like you know, he's uh, from his face uh, to his hand to just like just the overall like you know ability, to just like to you know to you know to attack the rim and engage and you know in contact and playing tough defense like even going back to that Philly series like he's tough he's tougher than i gave him credit for and especially when you know dealing with your shooting hand i mean that there is a lot of things that he's overcoming and, I, and even just the whole like you know still wearing the mask not wearing the mask putting the mask on i just don't think he embellishes as much as you know, some other players. Coop, Coop just had a good, uh, Coop just had a great view of the video on Twitch. 
And it does look like it is down one of those, like, creases on the inside of his hand. Now, it looks didn't like get, it's right didn't in get, the meaty part of his hand. Yeah, he didn't get bitten by a dog. Uh, well, no. Like, I mean, uh, Tom Brady supposedly did. You know, didn't have that huge gash on his hand. Uh, you know, but no, I... I I, I uh, holy cow! Yeah, I know. So that's, there uh, it is, wrapped up. I'm assuming that is after the game. I'll assume. I mean yeah. that that's pretty wrapped up. But basically, when we heard that this guy cut his hand on a vase or whatever, uh, they clearly needed to give him more time to let it heal because that thing has opened up multiple times this postseason, and it's hurting him. Yeah, I really think so. He's got enough issue handling the basketball without that. J.D. is in California, Aggression for you. What's up, J.D.? Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call. And it is frustrating to watch uh, Jason Tatum, especially late in the fourth quarter when he had those back-to-back-to-back turnovers that were unforced. I think a lot of their turnovers and their, their play this year is related to this idea that I've been thinking about lately, and that is to say this is a different team during the regular season. There's a vibe that's missing, and that vibe, is the bench. Now, you don't have to play the bench the amount of time that you play during the regular season, but when you're only going seven deep in these short, these long series, it's going to wear on your bodies. And I used to coach basketball in high school for 13 years, and when I got into the playoffs, I shortened my bench a little bit, the time of the bench, but they still played. And I think he needs to bring into, the, into that first quarter guys like Grant Williams, guys like Hauser, guys like Blake, just to see, give them a few minutes to get their feet wet and see if there's something there. Because Tatum and Brown and uh, Horford is a mess. That, my biggest problem is right now, why is Horford playing is, is the minutes that he's playing? Because he's so unproductive, and we know that he is being outplayed by Robert Williams. Uh, I think the Horford point, J.D., is a, is a good one right now. Al is struggling. There's no question. I think he only had, what, one or two threes that he shot last night. Um, and I'd, I'd love to see more Time Lord. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't want to overreact too much, just in part, because Missoula should have a short bench this time of year, right? Isn't this why you went out and got Malcolm Brogdon? Yeah, so, so you wouldn't have to play Pritchard. Brogdon, what? Yeah, and Sam Hauser. I don't know. Grant Williams might be able to get in in this series and actually match up. But I get the putting in Peyton Pritchard because there is some playoff experience there, and he has knocked down threes, and I think other teams respect Peyton Pritchard more than they do Sam Hauser. But I'm sorry. Game one of an Eastern Conference Finals, I'm not turning to the – the hold on Tatum Brown Brogdon White I'm not turning to what is like the sixth shooter on the bench that can't play defense Sam Hauser's a great guy in the regular season to help get you through if he's playing in the playoffs you're porked period yeah no uh I, 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 I agree with you that to me just seemed like okay let me just you know, let me just let me just see if I can get a spark with Pritchard. And again, let me just see if I can get a little bit of some little bit of something. And what happened with Marcus Smart there in the third quarter into the fourth quarter in terms of some of the minutes that Pritchard might have played? Like Smart wasn't near the bench, and we've talked about Jan Brown's hand keeps opening up. So did Joe Missoula 
have to go to the extra guy on the bench last night because of some extenuating circumstances. I really believe in my heart of hearts, Christian. I don't know about you. I'm letting Joe Mazzulla puts together the game plan and says, boy, I'm going to carve out 15 minutes for Peyton Pritchard in game one of the East finals where he doesn't completely match up against anyone. I'm going to, my guess is, is that maybe there was a little bit of the, hey, we can jumpstart the offense. But once he's out there enough, it's like, okay, when can my regular guys get back? Yeah, Yeah, here's another name for you. Clay Buckholtz. As far as when it comes to fresh athletes that frustrate the hell out of you. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Obviously, mine is Jason Tatum, especially lately. Uh, But uh, Clay Buckholtz, somebody tweeted that to me. Thought that was interesting. Hmm. I don't remember. I got. I caught Clay Buckholtz at the end of his career here with Boston. Buckholtz was a guy who never like he made a lot of money, but he was never thought of like Chris Sale, David Price. The big thing for Buckholtz is he had a no hitter early on in yeah. his career, and then everybody fell in love with him. And 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 guys like Shaughnessy were on him as well because. You know, back in the day, Shaughnessy and I go back and forth on that guy. So there were people that were writing good stuff about Clay Buckholz, and then eventually it was, okay, get the hell out of here. Uh, Bob in Western Mass on Joe Missoula. Hi, Bob. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good friend. What's um, up? Oh, good. Uh, not much uh, out here in the hinterlands of Massachusetts, but other than that, uh, surviving. Hey, I think a lot of this comes down to Joe Missoula. I, I don't understand why Wick or Brad hasn't talked to him. He's so insecure, he, and that team has lost its identity. Uh, they're tough to watch, obviously, with all the stuff you guys are talking about, about Tatum and Brown and, and these bench players, but that team has lost its identity. And if Brad doesn't uh, start looking for Monty Williams, uh, he's just making a mistake. That guy cannot. They can't be happy with the way he responds to reporters. It's just insane. Oh, my God. Like, he makes excuses 24-7. Come on, Bob. Do you really think that Brad Stevens is sitting there and going, boy, game one of the East Finals, I really didn't like that answer. I'm going to have to let him go once it's over. Even if we go to game six of the NBA Finals, he doesn't answer questions the way I like. Come on. And he gets snippy with the reporters. This is like, this is the, uh, like, Step away from the microphone. Listen, right, listen can we just no? Can we just end this right now? Sure. Joe Missoula is not getting fired. Oh well, I don't think I can end it. You uh, think there is a chance Joe Missoula could get fired? Yes, I do think there is a Sweet possibility. Jesus. Now, listen, it's a doomsday scenario. All right, it's a doomsday scenario. They lose in five games. Okay, they lose in five games, but how is he directly related to them losing? Is ownership so irritated with the moves that he's not making or the or the substitutions and you know that he isn't doing that they go, you know what, guys, I know he's young, but listen, when we make business deals, if we realize we're not making any money in this in this and, and we're gonna like better like bail now, we get out of it. Let me hit you with something here. I know the general manager-head coach relationship at times can be very tricky depending on the sport. Do you think Brad Stevens sits up there with old Bill B. Hoodsworth last night? Yeah, he just ripped through that pizza. Just could not get the whole thing in his mouth. Just crushed it. (laughs) Do you think Brad Stevens is sitting there saying to Bill, boy, this guy, I'm not aligned philosophically with him. You know, you know what that's like, Bill, right? 
Do we really think that the general manager of the team, who was a longtime head coach in the NBA, who knows most of these players, who put this roster together, do we really think, like when everybody is going nuts on this, well, if he doesn't win the NBA finals in a sweep, fire him. That's about what we're on here. No, I don't think we're that. I think we're that's pretty your, close to that. You, no, but here's I don't the think thing. so. Do you think Brad Stevens sits there with his coaching cap on in the, in the box and says, this guy's a moron and he's effing it up? Or maybe Brad Stevens is philosophically aligned with Joe Missoula or it doesn't bother him as much as a former coach because isn't that the deciding factor at the end of the day? Does the general manager look at that guy and say, we're on completely different wavelengths, I've got to move on, or are they much more closely aligned and make some tweaks in the future and everybody keeps their job and keeps going forward? Okay, so both could be true. Okay, they could say, "Hey, we're 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 aligned," and you could also realize this guy's a dope. I like I I overestimated. I I read him wrong. I thought he'd be good. Utah's probably thinking they're lucky stars that they didn't hire him. He's this is not the right guy for the job. He's not as evolved as I thought he was going to be, and I'd rather cut bait now. But that's I'm a, saying. Mm. I'm just saying though. Like, no, listen, but, go ahead. But no, but then Brad would have to be being like, "Boy, this guy's a lunkhead. He can't learn." Okay, but also he has learned through the postseason. He has adjusted through the postseason at times. Let me throw this in there. All right. Okay, so I was listening to the Greg Hill show today. Um, in between them lying about uh, their athletic ability, uh, you know, somebody asked Greg about Wick. You know, hey, uh, have you talked to Wick? How frustrated is he? You know, I'm paraphrasing here, but I want to say, like, of course he's frustrated and probably a little irritated because they should be better. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about Brad Stevens, there is an ownership angle to this also. We're like, hey, guys, like, uh, uh, this ain't going to work. Like, I'm going to have to max out Jalen Brown. I'm going to have to max out Jason Tatum. I don't want to sit there. And if we lose games because, you know, the other team is just physically better than us, but I cannot afford for us to to lose games or go down in a series because the coach isn't making the right decisions. Now, you tell me, Brad Stevens, I'm Wick. You tell me. Do you trust him? Is he evolved enough? Do you see greatness in him? I think Brad uh, Stevens trusts that guy wholeheartedly. I really again, do. Again, but when you're hiring guys like that, I do think you get lost in the weeds because you want to be right. So sometimes your your judgment is clouded. Well, Joe Mazzulla, to be fair, is so awful at his job, his team is one of the final four left standing. Listen, I, I, I love I love when people do that. We're not talking we're like we're not trying, they are not trying to just just to be part of the discussion. They want to be the discussion. They want to win. So like when these margins of errors become wider because your coach or become smaller because your coach doesn't make the right decision. I'm just saying. Listen, I don't think it's going to happen, right. but I'm not closing the door on it. No, but the, the, but I I'm complete. I'm I'm not closing the door. I'm slamming the door. Yeah, I'm locking not. it as if it is not going to. You're happen. You're burning the bridge. That's uh, the Gresh special. And look, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not sitting here saying that Joe Mazzulla is perfect. Like there, uh, what? Uh, oh, uh, what's wrong with Gresh today? Dude needs a uh, uh, chill pill. Boy, it sounds like you're. Uh, it sounds like uh, you're just. A, hey, Gresh, you come across a huge fan of Missoula. Sorry, just how you sound. No, you know what I'm doing? I'm being fair. Because we had people. Oh God! Because we had people. If I calling, lived on, be, on the being no, fair, because I'd have we, everything I ever wanted. Because we had people calling of where it's literally 
If they're not winning the NBA championship, they should just fire him into the sun. That's where we're at with this. That it's And again, like, there's a difference between putting the guy on the radar if you're Brad Stevens in terms of his of, in terms of Joe Mazzulla's growth curve versus if you don't sweep the finals you're fired there's a okay, massive there's, difference there's like, there's Mazzula's a small majority job should that never is never be in jeopardy no i disagree completely like just because other going, teams do it in the NBA doesn't mean they should no, do it the here. The precedent has already been set. The, the atmosphere here. is there. The philosophy, and maybe they're onto something. Got teams, I'm not saying Danny that you're Ainge. going extreme. See, you're going extreme, but you're that's doing, what people you're, are. You're doing what the, what these callers and some How? of the people. Are, if he's if uh, the only way he keeps his job is if he sweeps the finals and he and they win every game every game by we, I a can't believe we're even, I can't believe people are even calling mentioning if if. If the finals, like, if he makes it to the NBA finals, lock, stock, and barrel, he's going nowhere. But yet, there are those who want to keep the door open as if they make it to the finals, the guy could still get fired because others did in other places where they underachieved and didn't get to where the Celtics are. The one thing the, the NBA guy's not has great, shown me, Lord. listen, again, I still don't think it's going to happen. Okay, if I was, was going to place a bet on it, I don't think it's going to happen. But I would not put it past them at all, at all, to sit there and just decide that this just isn't the right kind of matchup for us. And things change so fast in the NBA. Like, it just, it just, it's crazy how one day you wake up, you're thinking one way, and then the next day you wake up, you, you completely change your mind. And I, and, and I keep using the rest of the teams as, an, as, a, as a comparison because this is what the NBA does. You win the NBA, uh, you know, Coach of the Year. You get fired the next year. Okay, and you know what? And you know how the Celtics. So I'm just saying when, you should keep no, the door cracked. Absolutely you should not, lock not. It. You know why? You should keep it cracked. It's slammed shut <laughs> because when it came time for Brad Stevens to need to go away from the bench, this organization didn't say, "Well, f him, just get rid of the guy." Danny Ainge did an exit stage left, or maybe they told him to go because they knew Brad Stevens had value. The Celtics don't do what other organizations do. The fact that the Bucks look at Mike Budenholzer and was like, is there something else we can do with this guy? Do we give him one more year? Nope, to hell with him. Just punt him to the sidelines, and there you go. No, this organization found a way to keep a guy who was admittedly a good coach and move him upstairs into a role that they thought he was ready for. This isn't the organization that changes head coaches like underwear. That's where I think you must have okay. a point a little bit. No, I just think, you know. And that's you, led by Wick, not you, Danny. There, There is this, uh, this, I feel like you have this idea that they are, uh, you know, above the sudden change. Sudden change. Like, they, it's like they can't adapt. They, like, they just dealt with the the most vague situation and scandal in the history of scandals in sports. What happened? We can't tell you. Why'd you fire him? You can't do it. Like, just trust us. We won, 50, we won 57 games. Oh, what was us?